Uh, hello, everybody. Again, this is Ray Ribble presenting today, and I'm going to talk to you about uh, surviving an OCR audit. I'm going to give you a broad approach to this, if you don't mind, and kind of take you through some of the lessons that we've learned here at Sphere, Inc. Before I get started, obviously, I always want to let people know that I'm not a healthcare lawyer, and that while I'm going to share with you my experience in the markets, by no means to be giving legal advice. If you do have questions that are very specific to your organization, by all means, reach out to a healthcare lawyer, talk to them, and get the good advice that you need. Let's get started. Um, today, what I'd like to do for you is introduce uh, a couple of different things with regard to the OCR audit process and also from just a general audit process that you should be prepared for. I'm going to talk about the various types of audits that exist right now. Uh, some of them you probably know of, but others that you haven't heard of. Uh, we're going to talk about some experience that we have with the OCR HIPAA audit process, how that gets started, what you should expect, what you might see, what you might have heard from friends of yours in the industry. Uh, introduce some tips, talk about what you can do to be accurate and efficient in terms of your preparations, talk about some of the tools and techniques that are available to your organizations, both in terms of things that are free and things that you can purchase, and obviously share with you along the way some of the lessons that we've learned through our interaction with our clients across the United States in terms of these types of audits that have occurred. Um, as I go through this presentation, if you have questions, by all means, as Catherine introduced, go ahead, write them out, submit them. If I don't get to them today, I'm sure Catherine will send them to me, and I'll be more than happy to come back to you and give you those answers. Um, so the first thing that you should know, it always begins with a letter. You're not going to get a phone call. They're not going to show up at your front door saying, hi, we're OCR. We're here to conduct an audit. You'll always be notified before, before it happens. There's typically some type of a trigger or a catalyst that has occurred. Uh, that's going to lead to this. Um, there are the uh, unscheduled desk audits that take place, but again, you would receive a notification of that event prior to it happening, so you have time to get yourself prepared. I'm going to talk to you about what you need to do to be prepared. Um, understanding why they're doing this. Obviously, we, we've all read the stories. We've seen the articles, whether it's coming from directly from Health and Human Services or from one of the conferences that we've attended out there in the markets, whether it's the MGMA or HIMSS or whatever, we've heard about them tightening the noose, that they're trying to crack down and make sure that people are aware. We're trying to avoid willful neglect with regard to patient PHI, privacy and security, and reduce the number of breaches that are occurring here uh, in our market. Um, obviously, we can't stop the bad guys uh, from doing what they do, but what we can do is make sure that our organizations are prepared to address those in a timely and efficient manner and, and that we do everything that we can to reduce the amount of penalties that we might be faced with if and, uh, such an occurrence were to take place in terms of a breach. So um, the OCR is out there. They're working very proactively. And one of the things that I've learned about uh, OCR is they're not the bad guys. Uh, they may come in, they may uh, conduct an audit, but everything that I've heard is that they really work proactively with organizations to try to help you to solve the problems. They're not there just to fine you and take money from you, but more importantly, they want to see you go through corrective actions and improve your organization so that you're running an efficient organization and you're protecting patient data. Um, to that end, let's take a look at what we see out there in the market. Uh, the most popular, most talked about, the, probably the most written about audit is the OCR desk audit. That is a sequence of events where you would receive that letter, then you would receive a follow-on uh, 
questionnaire which allows you to work through the various sections of the audit, answering questions to OCR and submitting those results back to that organization. Later in the deck, I'm going to talk about what that process looks like. The field audit is the follow-on. If there is some specific transgression that may have occurred, something that's come to their attention that's outside of normal, uh, then, then they're going to schedule a visit to your office. At that point, the type of examination that's conducted isn't you doing a self-examination with some questionnaire. It is some representative of OCR coming into your organization and working together with you asking questions. To that end, I'm going to talk to you about what you need to have prepared on that day when they show up and how long they're going to be there and what they're going to be looking at. The third area that I'd like to bring your attention to is civil liability audits. I'm going to talk about this as well. Um, what we're seeing here in the United States now is a preponderance, and I think soon it'll be all 50 states, that are passing privacy laws. Here in California, where I'm based, we have the California uh, Consumer Protection Act. Um, and the uh, what that means is that at this point in California, consumers can go after and take direct action against healthcare entities, covered entities, business associates, if they feel that something has occurred where their personal information or personal, um, I'm looking for the right word here, personal data comes into an area where it might cause them financial harm. Um, the audit checklist, what do you need to do prepared? Mock audits, how can you once a year maybe sit down with your staff and work through it to make sure that you're prepared? Emergency preparedness is always important. And then outsourcing the audit, if you want to bring in a third party, which is very common for large organizations, but small organizations can do that as well. So what does it look like if you were to get audited, if they did show up on site? Um, I've taken this information from a number of uh, different sources, the name, main one being HHS itself, and we're looking at somewhere in the range of three to five months of back and forth between you and OCR. Uh, you can see where it gets started and you can see how long it takes there. The draft audit report says 30 plus days, the final audit report says 30 plus days. I found that that can be drawn out significantly depending on the number of corrective actions that are assigned to your organization. So if there's quite a bit of work that needs to be done, then you might add on months and months to each of those components. Um, I have one client right now who is involved with OCR where they are 18 months into the investigation together with the people at uh, OCR. So by no means is this the absolute rule, but it gives you a sample of what type of journey you're going to be on. And as you look at this, the thing you're asking yourself is, if I were to have this happen, what are the costs that are going to be associated with this and how am I going to cover them? Um, I don't address that in this presentation, but I might tell everybody this is where you want to take a look at the type of privacy and security insurance that you have and what type of coverage you have in the event that you do have an audit occur in your organization. It's a great conversation for you to have with your insurance broker. So what are the triggers? Well, some of the triggers are just random ones, and I'm talking about that already. I've spoken about it. Um, you may have participated in meaningful use in the past. If you did that, and for some reason uh, there was a report that came back from your state that indicated that you had not met one of the milestones properly or you had improperly um, uh, filed paperwork with regard to the milestones and then been found out to be at fault, that might be the trigger that gets them to come in. Uh, the number one in 
thing that happens out there right now are patient complaints. Uh, I'm sure you deal with them on a daily basis as it is for different things. We're seeing now that as the patients become more aware of what their rights are, both from a HIPAA perspective as well as from a um, state-based privacy law perspective, they feel that they have other channels that they can bring action against your organization. If you're found to be at fault, then the second one comes into play, class action lawsuits. You don't want to be in that position. So what you do want to do is make sure that you've taken all the steps to protect patient data, to protect any information, whether it's paper or digital, within your organization and keep that out of harm's way to the, is, to the greatest extent possible. Understand that HIPAA violations of any type could definitely be a trigger, and if you go through any incident where you have a breach notification uh, rule protocol that takes place, then you should expect to hear from somebody from OCR within a very short period of time there and after. When you're doing your MIPS reporting at this point now, that could be another trigger. And of course, uh, I mentioned it before and I want to mention it again, your cyber insurance liability coverage is critical. Um, too many times in my experience, I've seen organizations who have had incidents occur, whether it's through OCR or through a third party, where the amount of insurance they had did not cover the incident. And so the organization found themselves on the outside looking in, trying to figure out how they were going to cover the cost. Um, in many cases, within months of the action, they exceeded all of their coverage and everything was coming out of their pockets. Again, this is the type of conversation you want to be having with your insurance broker about what if scenarios, how they're going to be covered, and what do you need to do to avoid any type of nullification of your insurance coverage in the event of an audit. I always tell people, and this is a great stopping point, if it isn't documented, it didn't happen. You've heard this many times. You've probably seen this in multiple presentations, if not from healthcare, uh, first healthcare compliance from other organizations. Make sure you have everything in writing. Make sure you have redundancy within your systems and that you know where this information exists. Make sure that you have trained your staff so that they know where this information and that it exists. Regularly train your staff with regard to HIPAA compliance issues. Keep them updated. Keep yourself updated. First and foremost, make sure that you're conducting that security risk assessment on an annual basis, that you have written practice policies and procedures that are readily available for any third party to review under your guidance within your organization. And then lastly, that you have some type of a solution that's well-documented within your organization to show that you know what the users in your environment are doing, what are they looking at, and is that access to that PHI authorized vis-a-vis -vis what they're doing and whether or not an incident has occurred that might lead to a breach or might have led to a breach. So automated user monitoring is something that I'm involved in on a day-to-day -day basis, but any type of user monitoring is critical to your practice. So again, the SRA, policies and procedures, user monitoring, three critical things that need to be in writing and need to be in an area where you can access it quickly and bring that to the attention of the auditor if they were to show up at your front door. So let's talk about that desk audit real quick and, and what's happening out there. Um, it could be something very simple as one of the HIPAA violations that's brought to your attention or the fact that you lack document as part of some type of an exam that took place. So the desk audit may have came in. You were unable to prove that you had the documentation that was required. If you didn't answer that appropriately, that could lead to something else happening. Does that happen very often? No, it does not. Uh, which means just go through the process and get everything in place within your office. Um, can you account for all your business associates? 
This is the thing that we see happening in the market right now is that there seems to be more attention being paid to those third parties that we all work with, myself included, um, and whether or not you have all of your business associate agreements in place that you have asked your business associates if they conduct proper privacy and security with regard to who has access to their systems, especially if they have connectivity to your environment. And then lastly, that the paperwork is in place between you and them and that it's proper and updated on a regular basis. Um, as it relates to the security risk assessment, um, you're typically one of the results you're getting is some type of a gaps and vulnerability plan, an action plan, and then your risk assessment. Make sure that you're sitting down with your internal IT staff, with your internal administrative staff, uh, or an external organization that you partner with and saying, okay, what are we going to focus on this year? What's going to get fixed? What's going to get updated? What changed that was good last time? We don't want it to fall back into an X. We want it to be a check. Um, and just year-to-year -year improvements of your environment to that you can demonstrate to a third party, external third party, that you've done everything that you can within your means as an organization in healthcare to protect patient data. Um, they're not out there looking to expose you when they come in, but they want to make sure that you've done the right things in order to protect your PHI, whether it's paper-based or whether it's digitally based. Um, these rules apply both to covered entities and to business associates. Business associates who might be uh, listening to this presentation understand that you should also be conducting a security risk assessment and be prepared to demonstrate to your covered entity clients that you have taken the measures to protect any data that they might trade with you as part of that transaction that you're doing with them. Um, and then the CE, the covered entities, you want to make sure that you're reviewing your business associate agreements and also talking to your business associates and having a copy of their security risk assessment on file within your office so that you can show and demonstrate that you have good policies and procedures associated with privacy and security. I know that was long-winded. I apologize for that. Uh, let's move forward. So by the book would be to follow what's happening inside of HIPAA itself. And what we want to pay attention to is the privacy rule and the security rule, first and foremost. And I've listed here for your edification exactly where you need to go and what you need to look at. I'm not going to dig down into those rules and what the specific requirements are, but you should make sure that you're familiar with what they are and make sure that in your risk analysis, when you conduct your risk analysis, that these are things that you're adhering to and that your staff is getting some type of a regular education on. When you have a mishap in the office, when you have something that goes awry, use that opportunity to train your staff, all of them, about, hey, we had this happen this week. Everybody should learn from this. It's not a bad thing. Mistakes happen. Let's just get better at our practices and policies and procedures as it relates to PHI and how we manage that PHI. If you have an incident where there is actually a breach, whether it's a major breach or just a, a, a lesser extent, what is the new notification rule? What do we do? What are the processes that we work through to notify both the state, federal, and local authorities, and of course, the patients themselves, and make them aware. And make sure that everything that you're doing, again, is documented. It's so critical that you document what you're doing. So I mentioned at the beginning, I wanted to take you through very simply what happens in terms of the process. So um, you're going to submit your documentation for review. They've come in, they've told you that you're going to be reviewed. Maybe it's an on-site review, maybe it's a desk review. You will have all of your drafts prepared and you'll submit those 
to the OCR for evaluation. Once they've done that, they're going to look into basically the conduct of the audit. Uh, they will present to you any findings that they had in terms of possible corrective actions, and, and then they will write out what those corrective actions are going to be and also provide you with some timeline for how long you have to get them fixed. Um, we had an organization, not a customer, but an organization that we met with uh, that had been given the corrective actions. They had a specific period of time to go in and get that fixed. The OCR came back after that period of time. They had done nothing. They hadn't fixed one thing. At that point, things went south for them. Um, the cost started to spiral out of control because now OCR was on them every day to find out what they were going to do. They got a second, they got a second uh, crack at it. And they did correct everything, but now it's really going to cost them a lot more because they're under pressure to bring in a number of third parties at a very high cost where they could have taken more time and less expense to get things fixed themselves. They now had to bring in third parties, which probably cost them uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get fixed when they could have done it in a more cost-effective way. The last part is, uh, and I have here, OCR's separate broad authority to open compliance reviews. Um, that's the last part. They'll come in. If there are any significant threats to privacy and security, they're going to walk you through that. They're going to talk to you, about, to you about what you can do to fix those and then monitor your organization to make sure that you get that done. If you work with them, they will work with you. If you comply with the corrective actions that they provide you, there is not a high degree of concern that you're going to get fined. Uh, in many cases, there are no fines that are handed out as a part of this process. Um, if you've gone through the expense to make the corrections and you now are on the right path, then my understanding is in many, many instances, there are no fines that get leveled against those organizations. It's the organizations that were egregiously out of control, um, weren't following the rules and let things go south that where we see the big news that are in their reports. So desk audit drivers, uh, I talked about it earlier. I want to talk about it again because these are the things that you should pay attention to. So making sure that your security measures are comprehensive and current, that they're written and in a place where you can access them easily. And, of course, that addresses the policies and procedures. Have you conducted your annual security risk assessment? If you haven't, please make sure that you do. You can't go back in time and do it again, and that becomes a problem for some of the organizations that may have participated in meaningful use in the past through the high-tech program because you did check a box at some point saying you were. Um, also, make sure that you have a documented training program within your organization for your employees. Uh, too often, as I go into the field, I'll find when talking to the employees that other than their orientation where they were told, oh, patient information is very important. Sadly, they haven't been instructed on what is HIPAA, what's the importance of it, and what are the HIPAA rules, because they're too busy providing patient care, and we love that about them. That's what they should be doing. Unfortunately, they also are under the microscope of third parties like OCR, or even worse, some type of a third-party audit that could expose them and the organization to heavy fines. We don't want that to happen. So we want to take care to make sure that we train our employees properly so that they understand where a mistake could be made and protect the organization from that. Talk to your business associates. Make sure that they are well informed and aware of the fact that you take privacy and security seriously and that you want paperwork from them to show that they have documented policies and procedures 
for security. The rest of this I believe you can read on your own. Please download a copy of the presentation uh, for your own edification. Share this. Use these slides as part of a training program for your internal staff so that they know what they can do and ask questions of you. The field audits, when they come on site, they're going to ask you for a number of documents on day one. These represent the things that they're going to be looking for. I've mentioned the security risk assessment. I talk about it a lot. Number two is your policies and procedures written in an easily accessible place. Your staff should be trained on where they are and have some general understanding of what are the policies and procedures with regard to, say, a breach uh, that would occur in the office or any type of access, unauthorized access to PHI that might occur. A documented user monitoring program so that you can demonstrate that you're aware of who has access to your systems at any given time and that that access is authorized. You should have your annual gaps and vulnerabilities and action plan that are both part of the security risk assessment. So if you're conducting that on your own and using a template that's provided by Health and Human Services, make sure you go that extra step and actually develop a GOPS, a gap and vulnerability plan and an action plan. They can be one page each. They might even be repetitive in terms of some of the things that you're going to do and how you're going to fix them, the prioritization of what issues you've identified within your office. Sit down with your IT team or your third-party IT organization and talk about what can we do, what are the costs associated with that. Prioritize them and put a time frame against them in order to get them fixed. Have some type of a disaster recovery plan uh, for your organization in the event that something were to happen, whether it's a flood, a fire or an earthquake, I'm, I'm in California, then you need to have a disaster recovery plan that's part of your policies and procedures. Again, it's in there. And then, as I stressed a number of times already, an education plan. How do we use events that happen within our office to train our employees, to train our staff, to train any third-party people that might be working with our environment with regard to our preparedness around HIPAA requirements and our preparedness around surviving any type of an audit that might occur? So one of the things that I like to recommend to organizations, we do this with a lot of other business processes, is have a mock audit. Um, select what I call an audit response team. It could be one, two, three people within your organization. It doesn't need to take a lot of time. You can use the previous slide as an example of what it is they're going to walk through with the organization and have them go through the process of conducting an audit in your office. Find out where your exposure is at, uh, document the fact that you've done this mock audit, and make that part of the report that you keep on file on a yearly basis. Maybe this is one of the ways that you train your staff by alternating on a year-to-year -year basis who participates on that response team. It gives them an opportunity to study and understand the impact that HIPAA requirements have within the organization and allows your organization to be better prepared in the event that you do have any type of a class action lawsuit or an actual OCR audit that would take place within your organization. The HIPAA audit from an OCR perspective, um, again, we've talked about this. The best practices, of course, begins with your policies and procedures, understanding where those boundaries are, having that written, documented, and available. Know where your PHI exists in your office, both physical and digital. It's changed a lot, as we know, with the advent of these third-party systems that are all digital. There's a number of systems in our office that contain PHI that we don't pay attention to. 
a good example of that might be the copier system in your office. Is there software? Is that software been updated regularly? And is there a process that you clean out the cache memory on the uh, on that copier to remove any PHI that might be on there at the end of the day? Have your security risk assessment up to place. Make sure your incident response plan is there. Know your users. Know what they're supposed to be doing. If somebody's moved from the front to the back and is accessing information in a different way, have some general knowledge of that. That's where a monitoring system can help you a great deal and allow you to stay on top of what's happening with your office. If you have high-risk assets within your organization, whether it's technical or non-technical, at least have them identified and know that those are things that you want to pay special attention to. Um, with your business associates and the agreements that you have in place, it's a conversation that you should make part of the evaluation for everybody that you're going to work with. If they have good security policies and you couple that together with yours, then you probably have a safer environment overall that your patients are entering and receiving care within. And then lastly, it's ongoing education of your staff and making sure that they're aware of these issues. And I think, uh, you know, a culture of compliance is really important. So the more open you are with regard to the steps that you take and how you educate your staff, the better organization you're going to have and the more at ease everybody's going to be in the event that something like this were to happen. So the last thing I want to talk about are civil liability audits. Um, what we've seen here, California Consumer Privacy Act in my state, uh, when I spoke recently for first healthcare compliance in Delaware, uh, with the Delaware Privacy and Protection Act, uh, 17 states now have enacted these. Um, through my research, I can see that the other states are going to follow within the next couple of years, so we should see some type of Privacy Act in place for all 50 states and territories uh, in the United States within the next couple of years. This opens up a lot of new avenues to private citizens coming at you uh, and end around from a HIPAA perspective. Uh, they can make a claim that something happened to them with regard to their identity and say that they believe that it happened from your medical office, from your facility, and they're going to ask you for proof that somebody didn't do it, and you're going to have to provide them with documentation to prove who had access to their information, when they had access to their information, and was that access authorized for the care that they were receiving, whether they were in billing or whether they were in the front office. So being prepared for that is different from an OCR audit, and if somebody proves that you're at fault and you are taken to court on this, then you would expect OCR to come in right behind them because now you've got that trigger again uh, that's going to lead to a much larger, broader-based legal action against your organization. So um, whatever state you're in, take the time to understand what are your uh, exposure limits with regard to your local state privacy laws. Um, findings to date, what have we seen that happen? Uh, number one thing that people have been getting uh, dinged for and uh, some fines that actually have been assessed is with regard to business associate agreements. It's really easy to forget that um, there were changes that happened to them a number of years ago that you need to make sure that you go in and update them, that you are signing new business associate agreements. Um, some of the things that people will overlook is the cleaning crew that has access to your office after you're closed. If they're coming in on uh, late at night or if they're coming in on the weekends, do you have a business associate agreement with your landlord or with that cleaning organization that has access to the field? Because they're walking around and, God forbid, your staff leaves something out that they weren't supposed to, you need to make sure that everybody that you do business with, uh, third-party organizations, business associates, have paperwork properly in place. Um, an inaccurate security risk assessment. Don't check yes when the answer is no. Don't 
check no and the answer is yes. Actually take the time to walk through the three sections. The three sections include the administrative, the physical, and the technical safeguards. Uh, sit down with your admin team, sit down with your IT team, and make sure that you're answering those questions in the best possible manner. It's okay if the answer is no. That's where your corrective action plan comes into place so that you can say, hey, here are the things that we're gonna tackle this year in order to get ourselves more compliant with those issues. Um, wide risk analysis of your organization, encrypting devices, make sure that you're updating the patches of software that you're using. Be careful who you disclose PHI to and make sure if you are disclosing PHI that you have a signed business associate agreement with them. How do you dispose of PHI? If you have PCs in your office and you, you, your accountant has come in and said, okay, we're no longer gonna be using these anymore, um, then how do you destroy that hard drive and make sure you're following proper procedures in order to do that? Employees sharing information with regard to patients, employees access to patient information, employees illegally accessing patient files. So snooping is a big, big no-no. Yet with uh, our business, we find that snooping is probably the number one problem. If people are taking devices, any type of device that might contain PHI out of your office, is it encrypted? Is it uh, traceable? And can you prove that it has been encrypted? Again, documentation of all of that. And of course, training. And I've talked about that quite a bit. So with that, I'd like to close by just talking about my company, uh, Sphere Inc. Sphere is a business that's in the business of protecting patient data. We do that by monitoring for you all of the PHI that's being used within your system, tracking each of those users, and giving you a window into that usage so that in the event that some anomaly were to occur, you can identify whether or not that is appropriate for that user's access or not. If the system alerts you to something that's outside of the normal. You can go in and manage that, make that determination, have a sit-down conversation with that employee. And in the worst-case event, you have to declare a breach. You now have everything documented in order so that you can sit down with the proper authorities and show them what you did to try to prevent that breach from happening. If anybody is interested in understanding how we position Sphere and what we do with the product, I'd be more than happy to speak to them, and I have my contact information there at the bottom. You can reach out to me, and I'll be happy to answer your questions. Um, there's also a quick video that you can learn here, but we're not going to go through that. So with that, I want to thank everybody for your patience and listening to me. Uh, audits are real. They are happening. They're not only coming from OCR, but OCR is the driver behind this. Make sure that you're prepared. Uh, with that, thank you very much.